Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to Steelers Touch Down Under. Can I try I'm it? I'm dying to try it. Go for it. Do it, do it, do it. Touch Down Under. <laughs> is, it, is it even better? Welcome back to Touch Down Under. <laughs> that was better. That was better. Jeff bad. Hartman claims that his kids run around the house going under now because of your show. <laughs> I know if my kid heard it, I know if Connor heard it, he'd be all over touchdown under. I've got to say though, credit where credit's due, because we give a lot of stick to Jeff Hartman. His under is actually pretty good. His is oh, pretty good. Yeah, he's this is really good. And yeah. I, you know, I got I gotta answer a question. No, it's not a Len Swan jersey, it's the other side. It's number 82. Uh, this offseason and last offseason, I lost so many jerseys. Rosie Nix is gone. Lose that jersey. I just got Vince Williams back, but I lost my Bud Dupree. I lost James Conner. I've lost so many jerseys. I'm going strictly to Hall of Famers now. So this is Johnny Stallworth. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. And I've got the Devin Bush. I like the Devin Bush. That's the... Oh, him and Juju are my only current ones. I like that. I've got a, a more of the Hall of Famers. But look, continuing this bit of Aussie flavor, let's get into our sling and the slang. So as we always say, just as Big Ben likes to sling the rock, we like to sling the slang. And Bad's had a lot of goes at slinging the slang. Oh, um, I'm not <laughs> So I've got a couple of words that I uh, I wanted to keep, um, to give Bad a go to to try and both in guessing what they mean and also having a go at saying them. But bad, first of all, and I, I asked Jeffrey Benedict this question a couple of weeks ago, you know, in your Mr. Pop culture of BTSC, 
Do you have any questions for me about, you know, any understandings you've got of Australia or any preconceptions that you might have over in the US or any myths to bust um, before we crack into your couple of, couple of Aussie slang words? Okay, so Crocodile Dundee, kind of back in 1986 when that movie came out, Paul Hogan, yep. and everybody wanted to go around saying, that's not a knife. This is a knife. Do people, do people, is the Australian outback that crazy and that scary as they oh. made it seem? Yeah, I mean, there are a certain number of people that die per year in the Northern Territory, where Dar which Darwin's the capital of, which is kind of like the, the state of crocodiles that you, you literally, if you go out bushwalking, you will find crocodiles. Like you, it, it's... It's a, I think, though, that it's a lot more... The outback in Australia is a lot more barren than what people realise. Like, Australia's one of the funniest things is where the, one of the largest, you know, countries, where the smallest continent, and, and Jeffrey Bennett and I were talking about this, you know, five or six weeks ago, but there's a large part of Australia that is just completely uninhabitable for human beings. So, I mean, to go back to your question about as dangerous, I mean, we have some of... I mean, we've got... Five of the top eight, well, you know, world's most deadliest snakes, um, you know. But it, I think it's more the harshness of the environment that's going to kill you before an animal does. And, I mean, it, when, you, when you talk about snakes, the average human makes so much bloody noise walking that, you know, they're not going to see that snake's not going to be around. So it's, yeah, it, I don't know. We're pretty tough down here, though. We just sort of get on with it, you know. I see. So now here's another question for you. Yeah. Do you know who Jacko is? Jacko is in like no. Hugh Jackman? No, no. See, that's our nickname for Hugh Jackman. Okay. There was actually a very famous Australian rules football player back in, I guess, the 80s, maybe the late 70s, the 80s. Oh, named... Gary Jack. Might have been no, Gary Jack. no, not Gary Jack. Oh, yeah. Mark Jacko Jackson. And he was very, he be... after the whole Crocodile Dundee phase, he started doing Duracell commercials in America, and he was, uh, it was, he was an over top Aussie. Aussie, he was over the top, and he yeah, did these there we go. tough Duracell. You know, they're tough. You know, they're gonna last forever. And this was a an Australian football player. So I, that's a guy that I don't know if I'm the only one that remembers Jacko. I hope somebody remembers Jacko from the Duracell commercials. But I did look him up right before, right when I was uh, listening to you there, just to make sure I had his name right. And yes, it is Jacko. So there's a guy. Check him out on YouTube from way back. A Dorsal commercial from way back. But I wanted to know if he was completely lost on you guys, and and he's one of yours, <laughs> and you can't remember. Well, it's funny because Jacko, the other one in rugby league, is uh, Chica. They're they're sort of names that are. Like you could say Jacko in a particular Aussie sport, and there'll be like ten legends that are all Jacko. The same thing in rugby league. You could you could say, oh, Chico was a great player, and there's probably three players in every decade. So it depends on who you're talking to in terms of <laughs> in terms of who they're talking about. And I, but, I um, have not seen that commercial in years. But I wanted to bring up Bad, where he said Oi there. Um, sorry, I bring up Ryan, who said Oi there, and then again. Um, we have a chant in Australia around Olympics and what have you, which goes Aussie, 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 and then you say oi, 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 and that's a very Australian thing. It's at different world sporting events as well. Um, so just fun fact there. But bad, let's crack into some of these five words. Um, so I'm going to say the word, and then I want you to tell me what it means, 
And then if you feel game enough, you can have a crack at saying it. Okay. So the first word on our list, and I think I might have said this one before on a previous show, so maybe you've heard it, is shocker. The shocker? The shocker. So it's it would be spelled S um S H O C K E R, but obviously our ERs become AHs almost when we talk when we talk Aussie. Well, we have something called the shocker here, but that's more of a 2 a.m. story, so I don't want to bring that up. <laughs> um, so I would say the shaka, if it's anything like it is over here, it's it's a grand surprise. It's coming out of left field. Yeah, yeah, that, that can be used in that context here. Um, but for us, generally a shocker is, oh, man, that guy had a shocker, so an awful performance on the field. So he just had ah. a bad day. Like, so Matt Filer against the Browns in the <laughs> playoffs. <laughs> so although Morkey's Pouncey's <laughs> hike was definitely a shocker there that led to that touchdown. So, yeah. Um, but, look, that's a bit like under, so I'm sure you can say that one. All right, the next one on my list is a bit of an Aussie freight. Oh, oh. <laughs> Shell shocker. There you go. <laughs> no, I was bringing that up. Sorry, I was I was bringing that up because Snowman just says he wants a jo- Donny Shell jersey. So, ah, right, right, right. There you go. Um, the other, the next one on the list was Young Gun. What's a Young Gun? A Young Gun is a rookie or somebody a youth. A youth. Now, back in 1989, there was a a movie that had a lot of the uh, young actors, the Brad Packer is a little bit older. Charlie Sheen was in it. Uh, I think John Bon Jovi, he did the theme song. Um, It was from one. I mean, one in dead or alive was in the first movie, their song from 1987. And then he did his John Bon Jovi had his number one um, solo single called blaze of glory. And you had all Emilio Estevez. You had all these young, uh, young guns in it. So a young gun would be, Somebody that's up and coming, young and hungry. That's it. You nailed it. Maybe we got that one from the the US. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's hard with some of these because like there's things that we say all the time, and then we have so much pop culture that's come from the US down here, and it, it's sort of hard to know whether we've said something or not. And then when you don't hear it as much in a sporting context in the US, so for us, it's very much tied to a sporting context. If someone's a young gun. All right, the next one, and I, I actually asked this of Jeffrey Benedict, and he almost got it dead set on the on the first go. What is a show and go? A show and go. Hmm. And it's it, not a two A. It's not a two <laughs> You knew I was going there, right? Now I'm I'm thinking of. Uh, could it be like a? Not in the traditional uh, sense, but it could, could it be like a hit and run, but not with a vehicle, but you just go in, you just go in, you show off, and then you're out of there. You're like, I'm in and out. It's like the seagull approach. You ever hear about the seagull approach? No. Oh, I like to swoop in, get the chip and go. Well. Or the you, fry. Uh, they, they, ha- they have the seagull approach in business. You come in, you poop all over the place and fly away. So <laughs> that's that's kind of the that's in business. You come in, you yell at everybody. It's a seagull approach, and then then you're out of there. So Fair is enough. it something like that? A show and go? You come in in a blaze of glory, and then you're you're out just like that. 
No, and it's it's worth Googling show and go rugby league because that's where it's often done. It, it has happened at rugby union as well, but it's actually like a pump fake. So you show and go. Mm. So it's like you, so basically like you is if you go to pass the ball, but then you go and then you actually keep going and you run with the ball the other way. So yeah, it's kind of like a pump fake. You know how like Ben like sort of pulls it back. <laughs> I'm ima- now I'm imagining a guy in a big trench coat. Woo! And I'm out of here. <laughs> a flasher. Uh, I thought he was meaning a drive-by of a different kind, but anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, but we also call those dummies where you where you also do a pump fake. But show okay. and go is it's a particular style thing, and when you see it, it, it fools defenses. So it's um it's quite an interesting one. But yeah, never in my wildest it. dreams would have I gotten that one. The next one on my list, and I actually said it before because it described it perfectly. But when we when we say in Australia that player's got a bit of mongrel in him, what do we mean by that? Oh, that means that that he's uh he's tough. Yeah, he's that's scrappy, it. scrappy and tough. Yeah, nasty, just like don't want to go near him. Uh, and that's what you look at, like a guy like Kevin Dotson in that in that run game in terms of opening up holes. He's just got mongrel, you know, James Harrison mongrel out of the offensive, um, outside linebacker position. So. And then the next one I wanted to give you a bit of context for. So the word is Biff, B-I-F. And Biff comes back. It was a bit of a saying, and it, who knows, it may have come back. This it started in rugby league in Australia about 30, 40 years ago. It was, you know, and there's been a big sort of campaign about 10 years ago that said, bring back the Biff. It was done by a fictional character called Reg Reagan. Reg Reagan. So Google him, who was a... Uh, played by a ex-Australian rugby league player um, that sort of created this alter ego that was this stereotypical Australian rugby league supporter called Reg Reagan. Um, big porn star moustache, big beer gut. Like you have in um, November. Like I have in gut, November. <laughs> but not the beer gut, but the, the porn star moustache. That is great A. That, I mean, that that is, uh, that, that is Boogie Nights top shelf what you were sporting back in November. I think you should have it all the time, but it's just not me. I'm not allowed to have one. Mrs. Bad says no. Well, my lady says when I'm like in my 50s, 60s and it's more silver fox, that then it might look a bit cool when it's all like gray and silver. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see in 50 years time what she thinks about it then. But um, it's a hard hit. Anyway, it's got to be a hard hit. Yeah, it's not. It's not a hard hit. No, no Master of the- Puppets says Biff is a Batman comic book sound, which uh, that's the, immediately <laughs> I was thinking of that too. No, but, uh, Biff is oh, like in the old sixties cartoon one. Well, yeah, cartoon Biff, one. the live show was like, yeah, yeah, they came no, no, no. the cartoon uh, font. I love that. I love that. That is as a Batman. I grew up on. I, I grew up on all of that. My mom had it all on tape, so I used to awesome. watch all so of that. Um, no, a Biff is a punch up, so a bit of a scrap. So when oh, we okay. say bring back the Biff, but it, it's sort of been a thing of bring back the Biff and bring back that old school toughness, but generally it means just players wanting to smack each other. So is it a brawl? Yeah, basically. Okay. So when it's gloves off, but it's multiple players. Um, but yeah, b- bring back the Biff. So like in hockey, like, uh, I mean, famous for Biffs back in the 70s would have been some team that nobody likes, the Philadelphia Flyers. And, you know, let me bring that up because Matty P is a Flyers fan. And I think <laughs> I was looking for my jersey only, somewhere. That's the only problem I have with Matty P. They haven't won since the 1970s when they were Biffin. So maybe they should bring that back. But 
with that being said, yeah, they haven't hoisted a they haven't hoisted a cup since what 1976? Yeah. Or 75. Yeah. 75 or 76. 76, I think it is, because it's a year that yeah, it's a year that yeah. Anyway, come, but uh come they to the dark sweet. side. Come over to the penguins. They did. It's time. Well, well, my lady's a penguins fan, so there you go. She's um, she's the smart one in the family. Stacy Lynn, a Bruins fan. Penguins <laughs> played the Bruins today. I don't even know what happened in that game, but you know, you can't do that, Maddie. I mean, you know, she's the smart one in the in the future family. So well, I trust her. Scientist. In fact, in fact, I she's going to do the show from now on. I'm not coming on Touchdown Under without her now. So no, she sad. might be watching live. Actually, I'll uh, I'll, I'll ask her if she'll do an appearance. But um, no, it's called Loyalty. Bad. They were the first team I went and watched, so it's called Loyalty. But uh, let's I, get I back know. to talking Pittsburgh Steelers. We did the offensive side, hopes and dreams. We want to see the live chat come in here too. Let's look at the defense. Bad, what's your hope and dream on the defense, current position group, current performance, current player, rookies? What's your hopes and dreams? My hope and dream for the defense is that they don't get old quick and that they know what they're doing as far as letting Steven Nelson go. I kind of think that that they they saw the writing on the wall with with Steven Nelson. They knew that after next season he was gone. And we don't we're not privy to the conversations they had with him, but they could tell that he was going for the big bucks and when he comes out and says they don't think I was worth what I thought I was worth, I have no problem with either side on that. If you're Steven Nelson, yeah, you're worth what you think you're worth and I have no problem with that. If you can get it, go get it. The Steelers, they have to protect their side. But what I'm afraid of is that secondary, Cam Sutton is the key to that entire defense right now. Cam Sutton, if he's playing in Steven Nelson's position, and we think he's going to be, he's got to step up, and he has the biggest bullseye on him. I think he's talented. I like Cam Sutton a lot. I'm glad they brought him back. But if anybody's on the hot seat on that defense, it's Cam. But, but Brian, this is an interesting point because I saw it with Vince this week. And I said it in War Room this week as well. Nelson's sitting there still unsigned. Now, it's, he's in the villain waiver class for me where it's players that can fill a need, but, but teams are sitting there and going, well, let's see what happens in the draft. But there are some decent cornerbacks, some really good cornerbacks in this draft. But the, for the teams that need them, there's a lot of those teams that have multiple picks in the not just one, not just their standard pick in the first and the second round of one, there are teams that drop multiple picks in either round or even both that need cornerbacks. And the first team that comes to mind is a team like the Jets or the, or the Cowboys, but Jacksonville too. What if we come out of this draft and the Steelers have picked, you know, a, a linebacker in the second or the third? They've gone tackle or center in the first and second, and they've gone running back in the first or second. Do you see a situation where Stephen Nelson ends back? on the Steelers roster or do you think that do you think that they're too far apart now there's a lot of pride that's going to go into that decision to come back especially with the uh the things that that he was saying and like I said I have no I mean I'm not jumping on Steven Nelson whatsoever I believe that you know what you're worth and you're going to try to get it it's going to be awfully hard for him to swallow that and come back he doesn't get signed. I think there's a market for Steven Nelson. I don't think it's as high as he thinks it is. It might not be as low as the Steelers needed it to be. 
Yeah. But he, he said those magic words, I outplayed my contract. It's a problem you didn't outplay the contract yet, though, because you had one more year. And it wasn't, they, they were looking for an extension, which this is what's going on in my mind. I think they were yeah. looking for an extension. They tried to extend them. And he's like, oh, no, I'm not extending for that because I'm a free agent after next season. I'm going to make a bet on myself. No problem with the player ever betting on themselves. You have to get yours before the team. I mean, really, especially when you're looking for the, that big contract. Now, he did get his big contract. When I when we were talking about guys like Juju, I would have had no problem with Juju if he got $15 million for what the Steelers could have paid could have paid him. I would have had no problem. It's the Bud Dupree situation. Yeah. I'm going to be standing and clapping when Bud Dupree walks into Heinz Field because there's no way you can keep Bud Dupree for what he was worth and what he knew it was worth. He couldn't there's no way I if I was his advocate, his dad, his brother, his agent, well not his agent, agents aren't going to tell you the truth. Agents <laughs> just want that big contract. But I would I would say Bud I know you love Pittsburgh. You got to, I mean, they're, you're so far apart. You got to take that money. And he knew that and he did. And I'm advising him every single day of the week and twice on Sundays to, to leave. But what Juju did was admirable because he could have got a little more, but he's now he's betting on himself. But do you think it, that Stephen Nelson would, do you think he sits there, right? And I, I agree with you. Like, there's a lot of pride that would have to be swallowed up. But do you think if he sits there, right, and he looks through, and I'm more interested in looking at guys like Brian Poole, who I know that you you brought up when he was. I love Brian should, Poole. I don't know uh, why he doesn't have a job. Well, this is, well, I was just going to say, because you brought him up a few weeks ago, and I, I sort of sat there and went, what? The, he's not with the Jets anymore? And then and then he sat there unsigned, and I'm like, well, I'd rather bring in a Brian Poole. But j- just playing devil's advocate on Stephen Nelson. What if he sits there through it and no one's golfing him a couple of weeks after the draft? Do you go back to Pittsburgh because they know how to use you and do you try and play that out? Or do you sit there and wait till an injury or someone else calls you up? Or do you accept even less than what you think you're worth, you know, to than what even the Steelers are offering you just to go somewhere else? I guess that's the question. Because as Mark Tobin's brought up, you know, corner has been an issue for a, a while, you know, at times for the Steelers. I kind of need a plan here. I trust. I trust in. I trust in Colbert and Tomlin. But it, Mark brings up a fair point. It all depends on what kind of face you're trying to save. Now you can say, "Hey," and I, I would have no problem saying this. It's like, "Hey, I try to get the money elsewhere. The best fit for me is taking a one-year deal to go back to Pittsburgh." And he might be willing to do that. That's that's. I just think that's less likely because if it's a face-off situation, he's going to go somewhere else. Yeah. If it's a face-off, if no one's close. And I don't think the Steelers are going to be miles away from somebody else. So I just don't, I just don't think he does come back for one of those reasons. But it's also a measure of a man too. To say, okay, you know what? I tried. I'm going to give this another go, and we'll see. We are next year at this time, but this might be a good opportunity. I like what's going on there elsewhere. Um, he might look at what Tyson Alualu did. He might look at that and go, well, you know what? Tyson had a change of heart. Maybe as I'm sitting here more, maybe I should have uh, stuck stuck around. And plus. You look at what Vince Williams is doing now, too. Now, Vince Williams did not leave on his own accord, 
but Vince Williams was offered more money elsewhere, but wanted to go back to Pittsburgh. It's a one year deal again, but it's another year in Pittsburgh where he's comfortable and he doesn't come back. If he doesn't think that this team has a chance. That's right. And and that's it. Do you want to be part of that, of a contender team, which still are always a contender, you know, we will be again this year. Um, You know, and that's the question Steven Nelson's got to ask himself, but because I'm privileged to have you on today's show, Bad, and because we looked at some rookies from last year that we have hopes and dreams for this year, what is your hope or dream for your son, Carlos Davis, this year in 2021? <laughs> oh, boy, that joke just got legs and legs, and now it has wings. It's flying away. Um, my son, Carlos Davis, you know, I'm really, I really love the fact that Here's a guy that was a seventh round pick that nobody believed in this guy. And maybe the only reason I believed in him is because I was staring Daniel McCullers in the face. And, and I realized that, you know, and, you know, God bless Daniel McCullers. He made a great career in Pittsburgh and stuck around that long. And he had some flashes, but I mean, in a game or two, he had, would come up with a big play, but for my mind, they weren't enough. And flashes in the plan. Yeah. And then you guys, you have a guy that's a twin. He comes in in the seventh round. He was he was supposed to be even not even the best of uh, his litter. His brother was supposed to be better than a better player than he was. So then he comes in and he scraps and he fights. He was a little bit of a, what do you call it? Um, the uh, the scrapper. What did we talk about? Was it a mongrel? Not oh, like mongrel. a bit of mongrel. Yeah. So he he fought and scrapped, and next thing you know, he's making everybody thought this guy was a practice squad player. He didn't spend any time on the practice squad. I don't think he did, and he just mm. kept. No, nah, he didn't, did he? No, I don't think he did. I don't think he did. I think he was on the start, and then he was anyway. I'll look that up. But you but, and yeah. he kept working, and so my hope is that he becomes a depth piece, and. You find out you basically have a uh, a steel cage match between Isaiah Bugs and Carlos Davis and Chris Wormley for that top reserve position on the line, especially in the middle there. Now Wormley's he's he's versatile. He can play on the outside. He can play in. He was kind of brought back to be the uh, the starter. And I don't know if they make that deal with Wormley if they knew Alu was coming back, which they didn't. But I think Wormley's still val- valuable. But you're going to look for a guy, somebody to emerge between Davis and Bugs. And hey, they already had a scrap on the sideline <laughs> in the uh, the Cleveland game. So, a biff? Yeah, they had a biff. They had their own biff. And you need somebody to emerge from there. And I need one of them to do it. Excuse me, not I. We all, the Steelers need one of them to be able to do it. And it would be great if they both show up. But one of those guys can emerge and eventually, who knows? If you have a late round guy like Bugs or Davis become a starter, that's going to be amazing. But I love the moxie of a guy like Carlos Davis and what he's accomplished in this league. His rookie season hasn't done a lot, but. He was on the roster. And that's, that's a it. hard thing to do this these days for a seventh round pick. As Dave Schofield says, 
What is a seventh round pick? Did you hear him say it the other day? A developmental player, a gamble, a punt. A seventh round pick is a guy that doesn't have, maybe I'm not doing it justice, but a guy that you, that you, it's an undrafted free agent that doesn't have a choice is what it is. That's what a seventh round pick is, basically. It's like he doesn't have a choice to go where he wants to go. Yeah. I, I bet you there's a lot of people in the seventh round that would be like, don't pick me. I, I get to choose where I go. Yeah. And the money's uh, not that different either. No. So, and, and you're right. He didn't, he sat on the roster the whole season and, and it was McCullers that went to the practice squad. And then he got taken by the um, Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they took him off that practice squad. But that's was the next. Jacksonville or was it Indy? No, I'm pretty sure it was Jacksonville. I thought it was Indy with McCullers, but I, I could be wrong. I think he might have ended up there. Um, but anyway, let's move on to the hopes and dreams for the NFL draft. You know, we've talked a little bit about players that, you know, that we'd like to see in different positions and how the Steelers can, you know, upgrade in 2021 across offense and defense. And we've mentioned a little bit about the draft. They're bad. But I wondered whether there was a hope or a dream. And I know that Dave Schofield says, don't fall in love with a player. Um, you know, because the Steelers won't end up drafting him just like J.K. Dobbins. A lot of the fan base, you know, went after him last year and we didn't get him. But I'm going to give you the free license on this show. Is there a player that would answer your NFL draft dreams? And then what's your hope that for the Steelers this NFL draft? Man, I keep going back and forth with this. I am doing so many mock draft simulations and I keep going back to the first round. I keep on going to guys like Tevin Jenkins. I'm kind of off of the Zayvon Collins bandwagon now because of the return of Vince Williams. I think they're going to draft an inside linebacker, but I think it's going to be a guy like Chaz Surratt in the third or the fourth, a Dylan Moses second, or maybe in the third, you know, I think it's going to be another. Remember how I said you have to mix and match these guys. Yeah. My, my ultimate dream. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to cop out for a second, but I promise I won't ultimately. But my ultimate dream that it's some kind of mixture in those first five picks and two in the fourth round, my first five picks, it's some mixture of corner, center. We need the season there. Corner and center, running back, and offensive tackle. Now, my there is a guy that he's not a first round pick that I'm going to talk about, but I'm in love. My draft crush, and we always have these draft crushes. I have a guy that's a late fourth round and fifth round pick. It's Anthony Schwartz. I love this guy. I know he's a wide receiver, but that's the perfect time to take one there with that blazing speed. You've got your kick returner. My apologies to Ray Ray, but I would love to see a guy like Schwartz come in and get an opportunity. I love his size too. He's six one and he's that fast. So I'd love that guy. But ultimately, I and I go back and forth. I mean, I'm contradicting myself when I I went, if you go back in time, I say you don't need to get a running back in the first round because you can get that great running back second or third, which you still can. But the guys at the top I absolutely love. And you're not you might not get these guys in the second round at number 55. So I'm wanting any one of the three of Javante. Najee or Travis. And those are, I mean, I really want that stud running back. And I want it with the caveat that you get his blockers 
and two of the next three picks. And like I said, there's a plan for it. It could be Trey Hill at center. It could be, I don't think Tevin Jenkins is going to fall that far. I like a guy like that. Um, but my ultimate dream for this draft is this. This is my ultimate dream. It's not a name. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You say to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you want a running back really bad. I want your 64th pick, and I want a fifth rounder. And we'll go to number 32. You're going to get everything you desire if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers at number 32 that you were going to get at 24. You're going to get some combination because the Steelers don't have to be in love with one guy. They've got a whole bunch of guys that, that we're going to be happy with if they pick first. So they could have that luxury to go to 32 and get that pick. And I think that's possible. I think that's that's a trade that just makes a whole lot of sense for me. And get that fifth rounder and get that second round pick, which is basically a third round pick because it's 62. It's going to be after your second round pick, so you would have two. But if you have 55 and you've got 64, you've got some room to get those other players that you possibly need. At 32, you can still go Javante Williams, maybe Travis Etienne, maybe Najee, who, wherever those chips fall. You can still get your running back at 32, but you could also get a, a first round possible, excuse me, a week one possible center and a week one possible offensive tackle or maybe a corner in those next two picks with two, two second rounders. So that's my ultimate wish list and dream that they could pull off a deal. Well, and I'm a believer of that dream. I mean, just to wrap, just to close out this week's show, I'm a big believer in that dream. I think that, as you said there, Bat, it gets you everything you need. It gives you an op opportunity to draft a player that I've been, you know, it's been a bit of my, I've got sort of two draft crushes in this draft. And that's one of them that I got to talk about this week on War Room in Cameron McGrone out of Michigan. He's a bit developmental, but, you know, he will be gone by the end of the third you get an extra pick, you can go get someone like that in the inside linebacker room. I know we just brought back Vince, but I honestly think with some solid coaching there next to Devin Bush, those two Michigan guys can do a heap. That's so my hope is bad that they acquire a couple of extra picks in this draft. And I know everyone's made fun of, I like to, you know, do have a million trades in my mock drafts. And that was when I accepted all the trades, the algorithm. Yeah, but me. You got to understand that's who we are. We've got us. We got a BTSC family and we've got a BTSC contributor slack family and once you get cracked with something i'm i'm getting cracked with the whole haskins thing maybe they don't love haskins now just because something that that i kind of i read into something that somebody else put up there and then i let it fester in my mind i typed one thing and then they're going to be on me forever on that and poor dave schofield he was really he just wasn't he didn't know enough about Deontay Johnson, but we will hack on him forever about not loving the Deontay Johnson. And he has assigned Deontay Johnson mini helmet. He loves Deontay Johnson. But on draft night, we went two minutes after the pick, which we're gonna go five minutes after the pick this year. We went immediately after the pick, and he was just shell-shocked because of that pick. So yeah. but we're gonna get him forever on that. They're going to get me on touchdown zone. You're going to get me on 2 a.m. You're going to get me on Seattle as two losses. I give you the most ammunition, but you're going to be stuck with that forever. And it's kind of my fault because I kind of made fun of you the most at first. And I, I do it out of love, but that's the old thing. doesn't matter whether we're talking good about you or bad about you as long as we're talking about you. And that means <laughs> that, that once you get picked on, 
you're in. You're in the family. So congratulations, so, you're in. So with that, and it leads very well to um to what you're saying about Dave there. My dream, and I, I'm just, I've, it's been weeks now. It was one of the first guys I, I profiled as part of Steelers War Room. But is Damian Brown, North Carolina State, NC State there, the wide receiver. I know wide receiver is someone that just makes no sense to even draft a wide receiver unless they fall. I know you're big on Anthony Schwartz, but he's 6'1", 195 pounds. He, he's just got this ability to stretch the field. 4.4640. And I've seen that Snowman's dropped in his last minute, <laughs> last minute super chat as he always does. But I just, Damien Brown would be an awesome weapon for Big Ben. I know we've sort of locked up the wide receiver room. I'd be happy. I know they've already paid Ray Ray. I, I, I'd cut him or I'd, I'd make another trade somewhere else or trade Washington, whatever you need to do to get the pick. But Damien Brown out of NC State, I just, I love the pick, love the player, love what he does on tape. He needs a season or two to develop, which is really great because we may not have Juju next year. We may not have James Washington that next year after that re-signing period. We may not have Deontay Johnson a couple of years after that. So let's keep that running, that wide receiver room coming in. We know Kevin Colbert can draft him. It's probably, you know, it's his second last draft because he's contracted till the end of the next draft bring a player in that's going to do another, you know, three to four seasons for the Pittsburgh Steelers there and hopefully more after that. Well, but, you know, also go, go ahead. I don't know. Go, go for it. I was going to bring up Snowman Super Chat. Oh, go ahead. Do that first. And say, Snowman, quickly, we're doing well with the rain. It's sort of settling down here. Um, it's actually a beautiful sunny day. Not a, it was, yeah, not a cloud in the sky today, so it's beautiful. Thank you for asking, though. So let me bring up the rain. You need to have players for a rainy day. You just don't have players for 2021. You mentioned Juju. Juju could possibly be gone after next year. He could win that bet on himself and go somewhere else. So look at that. You you keep on needing to build that position. I think they're absolutely going to draft a wide receiver. Whether I mean it could be uh it could be a guy that kid from Louisville. Um late in the sixth round it could be a guy like is that daz newsome or is daz newsome from somewhere else but it could be oh, Daz. yeah daz newsome had a terrible pro day too like he's gonna fall so he's someone that's interesting do you take that do you take that punt um sage surratt as well could be around in the age is out there you know so wake forest right sage is from wake forest, yeah, wake forest yeah. okay so you know you're you have an opportunity to pick guys in the sixth round heck Look at the uh, look at what the Ravens did last year with James Prochet and uh, Devin Devernay on day three. had a great a great uh, rookie season, not a great rookie season, but a, a very promising rookie season, and he could be a weapon for that team. So he, you have to do that. Now I have to finish up Fact or Fiction as soon as we get off of here. I'm going to record it. I only have four. I just came up with my fifth because I think. The popular misconception is that you can't draft a wide receiver at all. I'm thinking that that's fiction. You have to look at a wide receiver. You got to do it late. If you do it in the first round, I'm going to be livid. A lot of people are going to be livid if you do it in the first round because that's just something you can't do this year. You could, but it's this is, this is a make-right year. When I say a make-right year, this is where you have more things that you can fix, and you can fix it in this draft. But you got to do it right. This is kind of, I don't want to say a make or break year, but it kind of is in the draft. 
This is the perfect year for a lot of teams to be able to do this draft right to set up their future. And where a lot of people in the national media think the Steelers are right in the middle, I mean, I see some people with seven playoff teams have them at number eight. Where everybody thinks that they're also Rams, I'm fine with that. Kevin Colbert doesn't think it. The guys that came back that decided not to go elsewhere don't think that. And I love that. But you've got to make th- this draft is probably one of the more crucial drafts for the Pittsburgh Steelers than it has been in years because this draft is the difference of going full rebuild or continuing to be contenders and being Super Bowl contenders. And that's the bottom line in this 2021 draft. I am more excited for this draft than anything that I've been excited about for a long time. I get so pumped up every year for the draft. I drop what I'm doing. I told you the story. I was in Vegas. All my buddies were at the tables. Heath Miller's about to be drafted, and I'm there. I have a question for you, Dad. I don't use hair gel anymore. Neither do I. I don't you know, that, that's impressive, but you got to understand he just woke up where he's at. No, no, no. I use wax, so I got you on a Oh, you were – okay. <laughs> yeah, you're, this is natural. And I got to tell you – But it does actually naturally – yeah, it does actually – anyway. And I'm going to be 50 years old in December. And if I show you my head, there's not a trace of a bald spot. Maybe a little bit of a receding hairline, but not much. The only genetic lottery I'm ever going to win was my hair. Everything else is a train wreck, but the hair is the only place I'm going to win. This is all natural bad. Oh, natural. No hair gel, though. I've done the hair gel thing, but it might be shiny. Nothing in it. <laughs> and with that, that wraps up this Don't hate Steve. me because I'm beautiful. There's <laughs> <laughs> no fat guy saying that. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Matty P. I was going to say the Steelers draft this year. It will be shiny, but let's hope there's something in it for the long term. That wraps up this week's Steelers Touch. Down under. Down under. Matt Everill. You've had Brian Anthony Davis. Enjoy the rest of your weekend or your day if you're listening to this on the audio side. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. 
subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.